Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. How are you doing? Uh, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for spending some time in the Word. Uh, isn't it good? Uh, <clears throat> we're going verse by verse through the Gospel of Mark right now. We're in chapter 7, verses 24 to 37, and, and I love this. Now, pay attention. <clears throat> the passage today, this uh, encounter with the Syrophoenician woman is kind of controversial because it seems like Jesus is so um, uncharacteristically harsh to her. So let's try to put it in some context and figure out what this uh, passage is about. First off, <clears throat> the placement of this story is very important. It comes right after the discussion we talked about yesterday. Jesus has this big debate with the Pharisees about clean and unclean, right? And Jesus makes it sort of perfectly clear that while he will give full authority to God's word and what God says, he ain't got no time for what they say. He's not going to follow their rules, only God's rules. So he has set aside all of the Pharisaical traditions about clean and unclean. So that uh, debate, you know, Jesus is you know, you know, settling that score with them right there, is what leads us right into this next story where Jesus leaves Galilee and goes north to the region of Tyre. Now, understand, Jesus, right after that story, goes straight into Gentile territory, and he has this encounter with this Gentile woman. So again, Jesus has just, you know, completely defied the Pharisees and their assumptions of, you know, what's clean and unclean. So uh, immediately Jesus is in a Gentile house, staying in a, in a house in a Gentile territory and, uh, and confronted by a Gentile woman. So, so again, the questions of clean and unclean are perhaps once more posed, but in a very different setting. Jesus here in Gentile territory. So right away, a woman who heard about him came uh, to the house where he is. Now, incidentally, in the Gospel of Mark, and I, I think I'm just picking this up, double check and tell me what you think, but uh, when people come to the house, you know, when Jesus is in a house and people seek him out in a house, it seems to be associated with particularly strong faith or strong confidence that Jesus is going to do what you want him to do. So again, there's a really interesting juxtaposition of, of, of features here in this story. So the woman comes up to Jesus. In church tradition, this story gets embellished quite a bit. Obviously, this story has a lot of appeal to Gentiles. So in the, in the telling and retelling of this story in, in church tradition, and I think the woman, her name is, uh, her, her name becomes Justa, and then the daughter's name is Bernice, which is, you know, just, I don't know, Justa and Bernice. Anyway, Mark doesn't give us that kind of detail. He boils the story down to the, to the, you know, the facts and nothing but the facts. So this woman comes to Jesus and says, uh, you know, please help me. My little girl is possessed by an evil spirit. She comes and lays at his feet. Now, she begs Jesus to cast the demon out of the daughter. Um, notice that Jesus, uh, since she was a Gentile, um, and Mark makes that detail, since she was a Gentile, born in Syria and Phoenicia, Jesus told her, um, a New Living Translation, first, I should feed the children, uh, my own family, the Jews. Uh, it isn't right to take food from the children's plate and throw it to the dogs. Uh, all right, that, that sounds harsh right there. Uh, did he just call her a dog? Did he just refuse to help her? You know, um, I don't think so for the simple reason that she doesn't think so. She's not insulted. 
You know, she comes right back to Jesus, and in the end, Jesus is delighted by her response. So what you, you, you can't necessarily, I mean, I, I know, for us, it's kind of confusing, um, but one way or the other, this story can't be what it seems to be on the surface level in the way we read it. Uh, you know, again, like I say, she's not insulted, and she ultimately gets not just what she's asking for, but Jesus seems particularly pleased with the faith of this woman. So, so what's what's up here? First off, the story stresses that they had gone there for rest. It's, it's like they can't find rest anywhere in Galilee, so they have to go north, Gentile territory, to find a to, you know try to find some peace. You know, so they're there for rest. The woman comes begging Jesus, and Jesus says. Um, first let the children be satisfied. That, that's literally what he says in the Greek. Uh, let the children be satisfied. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the, the, the little dog. Um, Jesus doesn't use the word for like mongrel, mutt, you know, junkyard dog here. He actually uses a, 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 a cute word. Uh, you could say puppy. You could say, uh, we're talking about the, the, the household dogs, you know, the dog that would be in the house. So this isn't like some mangy old, you know, dog, you know, out pit bull out in the street, you know, that somebody's trying to kick and run off, you know. Now, this is a beloved, it's like a puppy. I mean, Jesus has chosen a word carefully here. It's not the dog you're trying to run off. This is the dog you love. Like, this is your dog, all right? And sometimes, like last night, Casey and I were eating supper, and our dog came to the table. We love our dog. Like, I love my dog more than I love most of y'all. I mean, you know, I love my dog. And so my dog came up to the table, which she never does, and, and like wanted us to feed her from the table, which we just don't do. Not because we don't love her, <laughs> but because that's not what we do, you know? And so she came and begged, and we're like, no, you know, that's, that's all we do. You know, later I gave her a whole bag of treats, you know? Um, and so one way or the other, this is the, it's a household scene that Jesus is calling to mind here. It's not the dog you kick out of your yard. It's, it's the dog you love, you know, in, in a household scene. And so the, the dog comes up and it's, it's meal time. And what Jesus says is, you don't, you don't take the food off your kid's plate and give it to your, you know, your puppy. You know, you, you let the kids eat and then you feed the puppy later, you know. So one way or the other, Jesus isn't talking, it's, it's not meant to insult her. It's, it's, it's more of a household scene because she comes right back with, yeah, but sometimes, you know, you still sneak the puppy you know, a piece of bread, you know, under the table, you know, because don't you do that? You know, like sometimes you still do, right? And then everybody eats at the same time. So this is what the lady comes back with. It's like, yeah, but sometimes you do, you know, slip them, uh, you know, something. So at any rate, Jesus loves her answer. You know, and, and it says, you know, when she goes home, the girl's laying on the couch, you know, so now she's not possessed. She's just your typical lazy teenager laying on the couch. I mean, that's kind of the story. But you understand what I'm saying? Um, however you read this, it's not a deep theological thing here. Jesus, you know, yeah, we could say, but, you know, the children are the children of Israel who are, you know, the gospels to the Jews first. I mean, you and I know all that, but there's a Syrophoenician woman. She don't, she don't know the whole New Testament, you know, and so again, it's more likely a household scene 
of slipping the dog something under the table, uh, and the lady, you know, reminds Jesus, you know. Um, anyway, I, she's not insulted, and in the end, Jesus loves her. You know, man, she's, she's his kind of lady, and so uh, it's an interesting and beautiful story. I, I happen to like it. Uh, the, the next story, Jesus heals this deaf man. He leaves Tyre, goes up to Sidon. Um, so we don't know at this point whether the crowd and this man, for example, we don't really know if they're Jewish or Gentile. It doesn't really matter to the story. It's possible that we're still with Gentiles here, uh, that he's healing a Gentile man, but, but it's hard to know that because Mark doesn't tell us that. Uh, at any rate, this deaf man with a speech impediment, uh, Mark uses his words carefully to recall uh, the, the verse from the prophet Isaiah about, about the Messiah, you know, about God who opens up, you know, the, the, uh, causes the, you know, the, the, the deaf to hear, the, the, the mute to speak. Um, so this man comes up, it, it's, it's not, it, obviously he's gotten some disease. He wasn't born unable to speak. Um, Anyway, Jesus leads him away from the crowd. Uh, obviously, in the Gospel of Mark, especially, Jesus wants, he doesn't want his miracle working to interfere with his teaching ministry. It's, it's teaching is so important. I'm thinking back in, what was it, chapter 6, feeding of the 5,000, right before that, when it says, Jesus saw the crowd and had compassion. They're like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. You know, Teaching is his priority. Teaching is how he feeds them. You know. And so nothing is going to interfere with this teaching ministry. And so Jesus leads this man off, not only to, you know, to make the, the miracle more private, but I think also more personal. Jesus wants you know, these things to be personal. He's not just like a, a magician you know, healing you abracadabra from the stage. He makes this personal. You know. And not only that, notice where it says Jesus spoke. He uses a word that means be opened. He doesn't say be open to the man's ears, you know, to the, you know, ineffective auditory organs. He doesn't say be open to the man's mouth that won't speak. He says these words to the man, be opened, which suggests that there's something closed or blocked about him, you know, and, and I could preach that all day. Uh, you know, there's something closed in him uh, and Jesus doesn't open the ears so much or the mouth. He opens the man. You know, and at that moment, uh, the man could hear perfectly. He could speak plainly. And then the first thing Jesus says, hey, would you please not go tell everybody, you know? But, but obviously they do. Again, it's this importance of Jesus's teaching ministry. You can't let the miracles and the crowd crushing for more of the miracle show, it can't allow that to prevent him from fulfilling his important uh, mission to come and, and preach and teach the kingdom. Uh, so there you go. We'll pick up right here, chapter 8. Jesus feeds the 4,000. And this is one of those weird, like, what? You know, why are we doing this again? Now, did we just feed 5,000? Now there's 4,000. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, Mark chapter 8, verses 1 to 21 for tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Mark chapter 8, verses 1 to 21. Listen, have a great day. Have a good Wednesday. I love you guys so much. I really, really do. Thank you for being faithful, and thank you for your friendship in the Word. Uh, if you're Woodburn folks, I'll see you tonight at, at a prayer meeting. Otherwise, I'll see you in the morning right here, 10 o'clock, Lord willing, for 10 with Tim. I love you guys so much.